Oh yeah. What time is it? It's that time. It's time again for another episode of the Lightning Rod. The show that's a couple days late, but we don't care because we're in victory mode. We'd care a little bit more if, uh, you know, we weren't in victory mode. Anyways, I am Johnny Pipes. And I'm Gannon, and we are back in round two, baby. That indeed we are, that indeed we are, and uh, what a great way to finish out round one it was. Uh, We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, Again, you are listening to The Lightning Rod. I'm Johnny Pipes, that's Gannon. We are your roughly about weekly wrap-up of your Tampa Bay Lightning activities and uh, all the things they do and cool stuff, and then uh, whatever else we feel like talking about when we're filling out. Uh, the rest of the hour at the end. Uh, and if you want to yeah, help us. The last 10 minutes is me learning about baseball. Yeah, well, it is baseball season. These two these two seasons tend to coincide, playoff and baseball season. So it, it does tend to happen. Uh, plus, I like talking about baseball, too. And you do need to learn about America's pastime if you uh, plan to uh, be an American citizen someday. I uh, definitely do need to learn. I, 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 I think you'll be proud of me. I think I mentioned this last year. I watched a Rays game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In, uh, a race game. It, uh, yeah, did, just did the one. Yeah, just the one. <laughs> I've got my priorities elsewhere. Well, you've got 161 to go. No, just kidding. Oh, um, but we digress. Uh, if you want to help us fill out the uh, hour of our show, you most certainly can do that by calling and leaving us a voicemail. Uh, our phone number is seven two seven four one six. Zero six one three. Why aren't you calling? You could be in grave danger, and I can help you as your psychic friend. We are here to help you. You can also leave us an email, and we can read that on the air if you would like. It's the lightning rod one at protonmail.com. That's uh, the number one, or you can hit us up on Twitter at lightning rod pod. Uh, before we get going and talking about, uh, well, the uh, wonderful game one last night down here in Sunrise, uh, and also before we uh, get in the way back machine and talk about how the Lightning closed out round one, and one that looked uh, kind, of, uh, kind of dreary for a minute, uh, let's get to uh, the most important part of our show. Someone actually called, and someone actually left us a voicemail and uh, asked us some questions they really wanted to uh, get some answers to. And so I figured we'd... Uh, and we didn't know, bribe them. No, that I, not that I know of, or at least I hope it was cheap. But uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's get going. Here's a voicemail. Hey, this is Dylan. Uh, I got a question for you guys. Or I actually got two questions. Uh, the first one is, um, when do you guys think Pointer is going to return to uh, play? Do you think it's going to be this series or next series or round, I should say? Uh, and then... Why do you think that the Bolts were so wishy-washy with Toronto but then come out swinging against Florida? Uh, yeah, I'd love to hear from you guys. <laughs> Bye-bye. So that uh, actually was a, a few questions. Thank you, Dylan, for calling and uh, leaving us a voicemail and actually giving us something to do for a few minutes. But I read the, I read the transcript before I heard the uh, – before I, I heard the actual voicemail and the transcript said, and then why do you think that the Bulls were so wishy-washy with Toronto? And I was like, when the hell did the Chicago Bulls play Toronto? Why are we talking about basketball <laughs> in this voicemail? Like, I think you called the wrong show, Dylan. But then I listened to it. And this is like, a oh. no basketball pod. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a hate on basketball pod. We could do that all day. But yes. Um, yeah. And then I listened to the voicemail and realized that, oh, okay. So, uh, Google voice actually thinks that, uh, bolts is, it sounds like bulls. So they said bulls, even Google is like uh biased towards basketball. So anyways, Seriously? you, you are the, uh, you are the analytical expert there, uh, Gannon. So you, you, you answer this guy's question. So question number one, when, when do you think that uh pointer is going to come back this series or the next? All right, for- I would assume everybody listening would know, but Point, he went down with an injury uh, early in Game 7 on just kind of a nothing kind of play. It was uh, just after an offsides call, and he just 
got himself tangled up in the boards and I mean, he went down in immediate pain and it, it looked pretty gruesome and, you know, he, he missed the rest of the period and uh, come uh, the second period, he tried to take a shift. He only, he was probably only on the ice for less than 30 seconds. I believe he blocked a shot or, uh, you know, took, took just a light hit and just immediately, even before that, you could tell he, he just couldn't play well he tried so, he tried you know, to he change hops back on the bench he tried to change directions like he went towards the uh he went toward, towards the back wall and tried to change directions and like immediately winced it was, it was yeah not there, there was a there was a tiny 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 bit of stick interference but that's not what did it um and a lot of people were saying oh giordano trip no 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 it was just kind of a a fluke play um, yeah, he went down in immediate gruesome pain. Like he threw both the gloves off and just couldn't put any weight going back to the bench. But I mean, what a warrior for staying on the bench and even trying to take a shift after that. Um, yeah, we all know that it meant a lot to the guys. They, they said it in the post game that he stayed with them the whole game. You know, it, it does a lot for you. So as far as a timeline returning, like we know that these are the Stanley cup playoffs, you know, and, and if you are, too injured to play like you're too injured to play but there are guys that will play through some pretty gruesome shit and uh but Braden point i mean he's you know he's all wheels uh his his skill comes a lot from his skating from his speed so uh you know he's got good hands along with it but he drives play so i i honestly I, i'm i'm a little optimistic for the fact that he, again, you know, tried to take a shift and stayed on the bench. Uh, I know he's been ruled out for game two, um, but as you know, if they're, they haven't said anything just quite yet, I wouldn't be surprised to see him maybe in, uh, if needed game six or game seven, you know, if the bolts need a little extra push or something, I wouldn't be surprised. But at the same time, you know, if we are kind of, and this this is a big hypothetical, and you know I'm I don't have the uh, the say or the leeway to say this, but if we are kind of cruising through this series, it's unlikely. Hypothetical, we're up three games to none. I'd say keep him out until you, you know we uh, move on, or you know, and the inevitable you know three game comeback by Florida, you know, put him out for game seven. But again, uh yeah, everybody's hoping he's not out long term, but. Well, I can say that it's, after uh, after last night's game, we we certainly bought him some time. Um, yes, by winning game one against against the uh, the Outlet Mall Pussycats, we did buy him a little time to get healthier, <laughs> uh, because you know, I don't think that they would. I don't think he would get put in, in unless it was like this series is on the line. And then even then, exactly. even then, only if he actually could, because he's already had hip surgery before. That's why he missed a whole bunch of time previously. Um, wasn't it? I don't know if he's had one or two surgeries, but I think that was partially the reason why he was out earlier this year. Am I correct? Was that his? Because I know that was part of the reason why he missed the beginning of last season was from the hip I surgery. I can't right? remember if it was hip surgery. I know Kucherov. Uh, got hip surgery, you know. I yeah, it, it brain point. He did get uh, hip surgery uh, late. Uh, I I can't exactly remember, but I remember Palat got the hip surgery first, then Cooch, then Point. Because yeah, he wasn't uh, ready for tra- last year. I, he wasn't ready for training camp. Like yes, he, he wasn't. He 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 missed the whole like uh, first little bit of the season. I don't think he came in for like eight or nine games of uh of last year's season and then this year i don't i'm assuming it was probably the same issue unless it was something different but he missed what 15 games this this season that was a a shoulder okay so that one's uh, different. injury i yeah i believe that one yeah i'm like 99 percent sure he just rehabbed that one just let it rest um but that was that was the that was against the New Jersey Devils when he got tripped on a breakaway and went hard into the boards. And I remember his shoulder was uh, it was slumping down real hard. He ended up getting awarded a penalty shot, didn't score on it, but still, you know, he yeah. with, with that bum shoulder that took him out for 15 games, he still managed to, uh, you know, uh, you know, go balls up and take that shot. This guy's such a warrior. He's such an underrated warrior. I mean, he is a tough sob. He is nails. Well. 
in, in uh, th- that was a long way of saying we don't know, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a ten minute uh, so. w- way of saying uh, I don't know. Your guess is as good as ours. What do we look like? We work for the team. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was question one. Question two, uh, which I think we can uh, expand on a little bit more. Uh, is uh, why why do you think that we were so wishy washy with Toronto, but we come out looking really good against the Panthers? Uh, over I want to get over your take you. on. I'll oh, let you okay. take this one. Okay, well, um, we all know because we all were watching the end of the season and the absolute up and down nature of of our team during the last month and a half of the season, where it was like super low lows and super high highs. Um, I think that um I, I don't i think that there was some strong punching in the beginning of each game in the, early in the in the series so like tampa got punched in the mouth real hard in the first game and never really could get into a rhythm to get back and then we turned around and punched them hard in the mouth in the next game and they never could get into a rhythm to get back and it the pen it's like imagine it like a pendulum and the pendulum just kept swinging back and forth and back and forth they were tentative. I mean, Toronto is probably, I, I would argue, more talented than Florida is. Um, Florida is, scores a lot. They're they're the 2019 Bolts. They score a lot. They're really fast and they're really good. Um, but I think all around, in terms of just having a top to bottom roster, I think Toronto was a better team. Um, and I think there was just a lot more pressure on guys like you know Stamkos trying to play a little extra hard because he's in his hometown. Leafs trying to shed the uh, god-awful history that they have. So there was just a lot. It felt like there was a lot more on the line for both teams. And so they were either overplaying or playing too tentatively, but never in between, you know. And uh, it wasn't until uh, the, the couple of knockout blows that we that we gave them, you know, where the, the, the history of the Leafs just got a little too heavy on their shoulders uh, and, um, you know, Tampa does what Tampa does in elimination games and when their backs are against the wall and they're like, oh, hey, we got, uh, you know, the, the best goalie in the world. So uh, we'll just, we'll lean on him. And sure enough, like, that's exactly what, what happened. They came out last night. And, 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 and also, I would like to think that environment makes a big difference too. Uh, it's a lot, I think it's a lot easier to play when when the uh, team you're playing's fan base is not exactly uh, super exuberant. Um, you essentially had the entire province of Ontario uh, at every Leafs game going a little crazy, and um, you know it's like the early bird special in uh, in Sunrise. So, I mean, I watched the uh, the end. Of, I mean, it was so bad last night. The commentators and even like t- the guys on TNT were. We're talking smack about it. That's why Paul Bissonette, like, down to Red Bull in the middle of one of the intermissions, like, come on, guys, what's going on with your fans, you know? And even that was Anson, pathetic. Anson Carter, we'll, we'll touch Carter on that later. That. Anson Carter was saying that. So, anyways, I'm just using that as a comparison between the two series and why I think they were uh, had a harder time with Toronto than they did against uh, last night. Against, now, that's one game. Last night's one game. So, we have no idea what they're going to look like tomorrow night. We know they're going to come out flying. Yeah, Derek, so. if it, 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 Dylan, if you jinxed us, we're coming for you. Um, no, I mean, you, you put it really well. I, I just don't think either team could really grasp the momentum away from the games. Like, in the game, momentum shifts were huge, as we saw. You know, there were multiple comebacks, or, you know, if you got an early lead, they'd ride the, the momentum on both sides. Uh, it was just... Uh, you know, two coaches honestly trying to out-coach each other. I think that was kind of a big part of it. And, again, just nobody could really take the momentum and run. And, you know, when it came down to, you know, each team having three wins apiece, you know, throw throw every superstition out the window, just just do everything right. You know, in a Game 7 situation, again, just, just throw everything out the window, burn all the footage. It's this game, now or never. And I, it just the teams were both kind of trying to feel each other out and neither wanted to play the other team's game. Both teams were being honestly rather stubborn and just nobody could really get a good grasp or a foothold in the series. Um, you know, entertaining series for sure, but in, in the actual games themselves, they were at least five of them were pretty much decided within the first period. Exactly. It, so, didn't, it didn't get competitive until it, the end. 
Yes, this series was, you know, very enigmatic. It never really felt like it was intense until it actually was, like in Game 6 and 7, when, you know, when there was the chance to eliminate or be eliminated. Yeah, eliminate or be eliminated. So, um, yeah, both both teams just really... I don't, th- I don't think either team performed to their capabilities. I think both teams left a little play uh, to be desired, I-, I suppose. But you know what? Uh, let's not dwell on it for too long because I'm happy with the outcome. And uh, Toronto fans, we know you don't want to hear this, but the refs did not have anything to do with it. It no. was not the referee's fault. The referees were not in Tampa's pocket. And uh, contrary to... You know what I hear salty people say. Uh, it's not because they want to grow the game in Florida. Both of teams have been in the state of Florida for over 20 years each. The time to grow this market is over. It's grown. It's here. It has nothing to do with, uh, you know, the the man with the, the magic lever, uh, you know, the red phone in Commissioner Gordon's office that says, uh, doot, 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 doot. Hey, um, I think you should uh, give them a five on three right now. Yeah, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen unless it's egregious. So, you know, hate to break it to you. That the people that say that they that Gary Bettman doesn't want any Canadian team to succeed, I, I have no idea where they're getting this information from, but it could not be more false. The league does better when there are more Canadian teams in playoff spots in the playoffs doing well if the league could have it they would have every single team in the NHL playoffs uh, every Canadian team in the NHL playoffs because it just drives in more fans more revenue more eyes on the sport you know for you know for only being seven teams out of 32 they have about 40 percent of the uh of the of the fans. I mean, it's an insane stat, actually, but the league does better when Canadian teams are doing well. And usually, they, you know, the Canadian fans show up like crazy. Like, I remember a couple of years ago when Winnipeg made made the playoffs uh, for the first time since they had returned to being a team, and they were having, like, those whiteout games. Um, it was insane. It was absolutely insane, the amount of people that were there for the Winnipeg game. Like ridiculous. Yeah, those the Winnipeg Whiteout. Those are great, man. I mean, it's like an actual theme. You get your fans involved. Like the NHL media, they eat it up. Like everybody loves it. I I, I don't know how many different ways I can say that the NHL does miles better worldwide when Canadian teams are in. So the the superstition that uh, or the conspiracy that Gary Bettman wants every Canadian team to fail. It, it, it's BS. It, it's BS. People look way too deep into it. Well, I mean, I, I, I guess does, I kind of understand. He does want Vegas it's, to win. It's a, it's a way to be a little, uh, a little pissy when you're, you know, and blow off steam when your team gets beat again, you know? So <laughs> what are you going to do? The league's against us. I've, I've, I've said some pretty silly shit when, when we've lost before. So, <laughs> I can't really hold it against them, but I can laugh because we're in the better position right now. So I'm just gonna take that and uh, and uh, and feed off of it. So um, yeah, that was uh, that was that was a couple of questions from uh, Dylan. We now officially know of uh, two people that aren't us or family members that uh, have listened to this show before. So we are on our way. Look at that! We already have more fans in the Panthers. Next stop, sponsors. <laughs> oh, I can't Apple. wait. I can't wait. Uh, so, yes, um, fast forwarding. Uh, well, not really fast forwarding, but we'll, we'll stay on uh, this Toronto thing because, you know, it was, it was I'm, I'm not going to lie, it was a little dicey. And after, I want to say game five, I was, I, you know, I was, I was iffy, really. I was iffy. Um, I, I was like, well, you know, Toronto's got some steam and, you know, we're, we're not really playing the most solid and consistent hockey. So I'm not going to lie. I'm a little scared, a little worried. Uh, Toronto's got a lot to play for. They've, they've, they really, really want to get the monkey off their back and they're not playing terribly this, except for like one, one game, but I don't know. I, the, the machines clicked on and everyone fell into place and uh, it happened exactly like it did the last two years. So um, what, what do you think about the, the ending of that series? 
I've never been so confused or perplexed on my excitement on a, on a series win. Because a lot of the uh, NHL media that I do consume, a lot of it is uh, Leafs fans. Like I'll always talk about uh, Steve Dangle on the Steve Dangle podcast. They're all Leafs fans. And I've grown over the couple last couple of years to really, really like these people as not just, you know, uh, content creators, but, you know, they're actual people as well. And, you know, Steve Dangle himself, I mean, he's, you know, he's a bigger Leafs fan than, you know, the entire Lightning fan base combined is. And to I, I was watching his rewatching his game seven stream and he was just broken. He was defeated. I felt bad. I thought. I, I, again, you know, everybody like likes to, uh, sorry about that. Everybody likes to hate on the Leafs, but, uh, you know, it's fun. It's easy. But this was the team. This was the year that they could finally shed those demons and get past that, uh, get past that elusive first round. And un unfortunately, as a consolation prize for getting second in the conference or division, you get to play the back to back champions. It's, Unfortunate for Leafs fans how everything got worked out, but if there's anything you can take comfort in, it's the fact that you lost to a good team in fair fashion. You don't have to, you know, hide your head in the sand like you did losing to Montreal in embarrassing fashion. Um, no rational person is like laughing at the Leafs this year. It wasn't an epic choke or collapse or anything like that. It was just they were playing a team as good, if not better than them. Uh, talking about the Lightning, they they were just outmatched. It's un again, it's unfortunate how everything played out, but they just couldn't really keep up, especially when the pressure was on. So I, I feel bad for for Leafs Nation for sure, because again, like this was the team that could do it. They had our, I think they had their best regular season as a team with an over hundred year history. It, it, it's so shitty that they still have these first round demons that they cannot escape. But again, obviously we, we all know where my, uh, my fandom resides and I'm much more happy for the lightning moving on than I am sad for the Leafs losing. They, they, the Leafs, they were just outmatched in, in game seven. Well, we are, uh, very spoiled as Tampa fans. We are very spoiled. No. Uh, it's having just this crazy ability now over the last three years of just even when you think they're, they're out and they're down, somehow they're not. And somehow they just can pull out of their asses amazing performances that you didn't know were there or that you had forgotten were there because you got so used to how they had played the previous games in the series. And you're like, oh, they can just shut a team down at will. And Andre Vasilevsky, I mean, having this guy, and that's the most important thing being in the playoffs, you know, you can have the best team in the world, but if you have a question mark at goalie, it doesn't matter how good your team is. You still got that question mark at goalie, you know. Ultimately, he's going to be the guy that either lets the, the pucks in or doesn't. And then, you know, the emergence of uh, of Nick Paul, like this guy just earned himself another couple million dollars just in one game performance. Not to say that he wasn't playing his ass off the games before, but he was. But, I mean, he was literally the only guy that scored in, in, in for us in, in game seven. And he did it off of, like, sheer will, like the, the, the tap-in goal. You know, he just he threw his stick out there and got it. Like, that's just the will to that score. second goal. The second that goal. That second goal was beautiful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like this You heard me on here before saying just just he is fancy feet. Just just watch him, just isolate him one day and you will see that the, the kid like he plays like a superstar for being a kind of I'm not going to say no name but just kind of the the throw in at the at the trade deadline like oh he might be able to find himself a spot on the roster and he has outplayed every single expectation that that goal was like you said sheer will he was not going to be denied and game seven is where heroes are made and in the short time that Paul has been with us it's gonna be sad if 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 we can't resign him I'm I'm doubtful that they will uh, you know especially if he wins a cup. Obviously, you know, it'd be nice to win the cup, 
But, you know, then he could go chase his payday. He's he's definitely earned it playing with the Lightning so far. I know he was having contract disputes with the Senators, and that's a team that's got only money to spend. And with the, when you've got a cash-strapped team like the Lightning, he's going to command a high price. But, again, kind of getting ahead of myself here, he definitely showed out in that Game 7, man. He was he was unstoppable, and those, those two goals weren't even his – uh, two best chances, I would say. I think he had two better chances that he did not convert on, like that uh, crash-the-net play, and then there was one he hit off the post or crossbar. Yeah, the crash-the-net play looked kind of ugly, the way that he was kind of limp after in, the, in, this, in the net, like way behind. That did not look really pretty. He was pushed. Oh, yeah, 100%. It just the way that he the way that his head went into the net and like he just kind of hung mm-hmm. there for a minute. I was like... Is he alive? <laughs> Did he die? <laughs> yeah, I was surprised. Uh, Campbell stayed in the game. Yeah, that was that was nuts. That was nuts. Nuts play. Um, Braid Point turned it on towards the end of the series. He absolutely went into afterburner mode. This is all prior to him getting hurt. He was all over the place. Uh, it was really awesome to see him going. Um, Cooch, Cooch is starting to, was starting to spark up a little bit too. Everyone was starting to contribute. Um, you were getting everything that you needed. Um, and then, you know, then the rock, you know, Vasilevsky, the wall in the back. I mean, everything that you possibly needed. And they just went into complete shutdown mode and they shut him down. Like Toronto couldn't do anything. And it was, uh, it was fun to watch. It was a beauty. And then, you know, what's I was you, talking to a lot of my, oh, go on. It, it this is amazing to me is just how you can tell the difference between teams that want to win and don't want to win by the amount of shots they block. And oh. the, the lightning are a shot blocking team of fools right now. That's that they are blocking everything with every part of their body. That's how you win. That's how, you know, guys want to win. What, go Do you on. You know how many shots say? they blocked in game seven? You got the number? 25. 25 shots. And that's and not a single one of them uh, was painless. Oh, no. Not a single one. I mean, it, it's it, there are certain games that don't have 25 shot attempts. Like, uh, you know, I might be uh, exaggerating a little bit, but to have 25 full-on blocked shots, I mean, you, you said it best. There are teams that want that want it. I, I didn't see that from Toronto. It seemed like they were just kind of playing catch-up the entire game, just trying to fight for their lives and not fight for the cup, which is really what it is. Are they are they looking to just get past this first round? Are they looking to just win this game, or are they looking farther ahead? And I get, you know, you also kind of do have to put your blinders on and just win this one friggin' game. But when, when you have guys laying everything out blocking every shot from great players who can really let it go 25 blocked shots I, I, don't, I don't know what the playoff high or the season high was but I can guarantee you that it's not coming close to that I mean oh. that, that is just incredible so that was the uh, the round one series against Toronto the lightning indeed move on they win four games to three uh, there were what five game sevens in the playoffs in the first round. Yes, the most since 1996. That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, they did move on. Uh, Carolina moved on in theirs. Um, Calgary moved on in theirs, and uh, who else? Uh, Edmonton moved Edmonton on in theirs. Edmonton and New York. And New York moved on in theirs. So. Lots of game sevens. That's what you want in the playoffs. If you're a fan, more, more, uh, more hockey, more games. Granted, you know I wouldn't be upset if we did do some sweeping, but you want to feel like you earned it. You definitely yeah. want to feel like you earned it, and they earned the shit out of that. <laughs> they earned the shit out of that series. <laughs> so that was uh, the series. Now we go um, to play uh, our rivals, uh, the Florida Panthers. Game one was last night, and of course, in their uh, infinite wisdom the, between the NHL and the NBA, they decided to schedule that game one on the first uh, first night of uh, the NBA uh, Eastern Conference Finals as well. Miami Heat playing the Boston Celtics uh, the same exact night. So I really kind of feel bad for Panthers fans um, having to deal with that. 
because, you know, the Heat are more consistently good than the Panthers, so you're probably going to get people paying more more attention to the Heat than than the than even though the, even even though they're in two completely different cities, which I think some people tend to forget that while the Panthers are in South Florida, they're not in Miami. They're still 45 minutes away from it. But having those two things on the same night really sucks. And I think it showed in the uh, in the crowd's energy and uh, the number in the crowd, which I don't even think it was a sellout. It might have been. I don't know. FL, FLA Library Arena? Exactly. I mean, it's like... It, it, that was... It, it was like... Um, that was brutal. It, it was like the shopping mall that, that it's in the parking lot of, you know, the Sawgrass Mills. It's, it's felt kind of like, <laughs> you know, just people shopping, not really paying attention to shopping. Um, it, was, it was bad. I, I heard a couple of let's go bolts, let's go lightning chants. Towards the you know, end, I get it. everybody the game was kind left. Of, kind everybody of out left. of reach. Yeah, everybody left, and you could clearly hear the let's go lightning. You could hear the let's go Panthers at the beginning. You know, you could hear that in, like, the first period, especially after the Duclair goal. You could hear that. But then, I mean, with there there was, like, five minutes, four, four or five minutes left in the game, and the entire – there was, like, an exodus. There was a mass exodus. Just – it looked like – Blood was going back into a wound. The way that the red shirts were were fleeing. Maybe that's a bad analogy. I don't With know. five minutes left in the game, it looked like a half crowd of warm ups. Like, <laughs> oh, it sucks. I, like four one, yeah, it, it's pretty untouchable. But again, like, man, I paid over. I don't know about there, but I probably paid over a hundred dollar to see my playoff team in game one of round two. I'm gonna stay. I don't care what the. F- the final score is the most embarrassing for Panthers fans. Funniest for lightning fans thing that I saw was with two minutes left after Ross Colton scored that, uh, four, one goal was the, uh, the guy walking out and had a, his baby asleep on his shoulder. Yep. Did you see that? I did. I that, did. I mean, the cameraman focused on it. Unacceptable, man. How do you, <laughs> first of all, it's kind of dumb to bring up, baby to a playoff game like in well you know, and two and, years or less that, and you need to have a, the, the headphones on like the baby needs to have the 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 ear protection yeah i'm not a father yeah, but i like, know that if but, i was bringing a baby to a to an arena i would probably want to put some some hearing protection on it absolutely but i mean you know we can give this dad a pass because i don't think the the decibels ever went over what 10 20 yeah, it wasn't that it wasn't that loud there, there were that some. Was, uh, that, that was brutal. I'd be. I have secondhand embarrassment. Yeah, and I, f- I feel bad because I don't hate the Panthers. They remind me a little of us in 2019. You know, and it. You can't win. You're not. You're not going to win a series if you go over on your power play for the entire playoffs. That's. I think they're 0 and 23 now. That's how. That's how you. You don't make it. Honestly, the the fact that they even made it out of the first round without scoring a power play goal is shocking enough as it is. And that says more... In six games as well. That says more that the Capitals lost the series than the Panthers won. That's what that, yeah, say, that's what I, that I, says I to me. So, Caps had them on the ropes early and, you know, they just couldn't... You know, they don't really have a, a starting goalie. It's always kind of a carousel between Vitek Vanacek and Ilya Samsonov, but neither of them really play above 900 save percentage. Uh, but, yeah, again, how do you convert and you go for 0 for 20 in the first round? And, like, that's a lot of power plays as well. When you have Aaron Eck, or not, yeah, when you have Alexander Barkov, Jonathan Huberto, Claude Giroux, Sam Reinhart, Sam Bennett, every like offensive player in the league, you scored the most goals in the league. How do you go 0 for 20? You had like a top three power play in the regular season, top two maybe. I know Toronto was number one, but I mean, against a team that's not a great penalty killing team, uh, obviously they're going to have to you know, shed that sometime. We're probably going to see it in this current series against the Lightning, but how do you go 0 for 20? How do you excuse that? And I know they were having power play trouble earlier in the year once they fired Coach Q and brought in Andrew Burnett. I remember a lot of Panthers fans were complaining, like, this guy does not know how to coach a team. He does not know how to run a power play. 
And I know towards the end of the year, the Panthers, they were running a five forward power play, like five on four, not even five on three. Five on four, five forward power play unit. And I'm not sure. I don't think they tried it this game, or they may have like later on in one of the power plays. But, you know, it, the, the floodgates are, are, you know, should open sometime soon. But when you have a penalty-killing team as good as the Lightning, uh, hopefully they can keep keep that thing over. Yeah, it, it. I think it does come down to coaching experience at this point. He's because he he's never been a head coach before, right? No, this is his first year. Yeah, so I think you can chalk that up to experience. Um, maybe I'm just throwing it out there. I really don't know. But I would guess that if it's a systemic thing, that generally tends to fall on coaches. So it may just be that he doesn't have the experience yet. Uh, but it also might just be that when it comes to last night, they just happen to catch the lightning when the lightning are back in their groove. You know, they weren't in a groove. They were back and forth and back and forth. But now last night, like after the first goal by, by Duclair, like they just got in a groove and you couldn't stop them. They were just doing everything. I mean, they were getting goals from the fourth line, which is crazy. You know, that's what you want, though. When you're when you're in a playoffs, you need to have depth scoring. And they got one from uh, from Belmar. And um, you know, they're get they're just getting guys selling out on blocks. You know, you got Hagel blocking things with his face, blocking sticks with his face. <laughs> You know? Yeah, he drew two penalties. He's been he's you know despite him not scoring like you know we may have thought he was come the trade deadline. I think Hagel's been very serviceable. He's drawn a lot of penalties. He's been a pest to play against. Again, you know he might not be scoring, you know at a at a thirty goal pace, but I don't think that's what the Lightning got him for. Um, and yeah, he, he's been he's been effective. But do you think that um, maybe? And this is uh, just me. Um, putting my tinfoil hat on here that it's actually not Brandon Hagel, but it's Yanni Gord in a wig. <laughs> Do you think so? Because he oh, is, not, you not... said you call you, you used the, the term that John Cooper used to describe that line during those two playoff runs. They were the Nat line because they were pests and Yanni Gord was the mm. king of pests. Like, he was the pestiest oh, pest of all the, pests. I'd hate to play against Gordo, and I don't think there's anybody on this team that kind of even emulates a, a fraction of, you know, the, the physicality, the buzzsaw, honey badger, you know, don't give a fuck kind of style as Yanni Gord. But, I mean, Brandon Hagel, he, he brings, you know, an essence of it. And I think the the guys that he plays with, like Colton and Paul, they, they also kind of, you know, watch what Hagel is doing and, you know, kind of copy him, but in their own different ways. I, I, I was really, really impressed with Ross Colton in most of these games in the first round. I thought he was the only one that was really trying to keep the physicality in it. That was one thing that I was almost begging for a little bit was why can't everybody just finish their checks? They don't have to be hard, but just, you know, just, you know, hit the guy, damn it. Like, it seems like everybody was kind of giving up on plays, and uh, Colton and Hagel, I thought both were actually, you know, playing physical not hard and heavy but just ag aggressive again they're both smaller guys uh brandon hagel underratedly tough as nails you know not even the fact that he looks like braden point but um he, he's a tough sob but again the both of those guys they, they started amping up the physicality but in this game one i didn't see one skater that let up on a hit i think at least every skater pretty much registered a hit and made it worth it, which is, I, it's refreshing. I, again, we didn't really see much of any of that in the Toronto series. And it seemed like every single player was finishing their checks and, you know, going for a guy, maybe, you know, not late, but just, you know, again, uh, finishing your checks, going all the way through, making sure the guy uh, remembers who you are. So I saw that from everybody on the team yesterday. There were some good. Uh, there were definitely some good, good plays. For example, the Corey Perry goal off the feed from Nikita Kucherov, who absolutely just juked Aaron Ekblad into oblivion. 
uh, to give Corey Perry quite possibly the easiest goal that he'll ever score in his career. That was a thing of beauty, and that remind yeah. that actually. Really, Aaron Eckblad has he's been uh, ruled out for game two with two broken ankles. That he, what was it? Him or was it someone else who was the the, the recipient of something very similar? on that absolutely gorgeous overtime winner from Braden Point uh, that we used to use in our uh, in our theme song that Rick Peckham called when he went absolutely nuts. I don't remember oh, what that was. Was, um, it, was it Trocek? Did Trocek used to play for um, uh, Florida? Trocek, Trocek was on the Panthers, but he was a forward. I'm trying to remember who he uh, who I thought he it was either. Around. I thought it was either um, Trocek or Ekblad. It was one of those two guys. I don't it definitely re- could be. They They were both on the team – when that goal happened, I remember Anton Strawman was on that team. It wasn't Strawman. Uh, it, was, it was somebody else. It was on. He was on the Lightning because I remember the first toe drag move, point pulled. He sent it to Strawman, and he hit it off the post. Strawman got it back, gave it to Point. I think Strawman gave it back to Point. That's when he did the actual toe drag snipe, and uh, you know Rick and Brian freaked out. Yeah, so I don't know if it was maybe because uh, that that would be pretty bad if you get deked that that badly twice by the same team, where you just wind up in a different <laughs> in like a different zip code. Like he's Ekblad got got juked so badly he he wound up in like uh, one of the stores in the mall. Like he he wasn't even oh, on the ice anymore. <laughs> you know that was so bad. And you you know what I you could almost see it happening in real time because before that play, Kucherov he was kind of in and out of the game, kind of black and white. He was, you know, one shift he was great, the next shift he was invisible. Um, But I remember there were two instances where he tried to do that cut to the inside, and both times uh, led to uh, the play being broken up and uh, I think once even a good scoring chance on the return from Florida. And we've seen Cooch try to do that in the Toronto series a couple of times, and sometimes it works, sometimes he got a good break. But Ekblad, he was expecting the same thing to happen, and he sold it so well that by the time Ekblad turned himself around and was facing Kucherov, the puck was off his stick. The puck was actually in the back of the net by the time he got reset. I mean, it was an incredible, incredible play from Kucherov. Absolutely, absolutely. That was uh, the second goal. That Well, that was the first goal of for us. That was the second goal of the game. That was 16-22 uh, in the uh, second period. And that was a power play goal. Corey Perry's third of the playoffs. Um, the third period is where the rest of the scoring occurred. Uh, Belmar from the fourth line got his second one of the uh, playoffs three minutes in. Uh, Cooch on another power play, um, 15-54 in. And then uh, Colton at uh, 17 minutes and 44 seconds in. And that was from Nick Paul and Sergachev. There were a decent amount of penalties. There were a couple absolute egregious miss calls. The most uh, egregious, I think, being the uh, Ryan McDonough interference. That, mm, I've never, oh, God. I get it. Things happen fast. The refs do not have replay. They are not allowed to look at a play that just happened and make a call you know, two minutes later, they can't do that. But he clearly had the puck. Uh, this is Noah Lachari, number 55 on Florida. I believe he's 55. He had the puck in his hand and was going down to set the puck on the ice so he doesn't get a holding the puck penalty. And, I mean, Mack Truck just came and flattened him. I It was a big hit, but it was clean as day. He ha- uh, Say what you want, but having the puck in your hand, that's possession. You went for the puck. You have it. You are the puck carrier. You're transitioning it back down to the ice so you can get your stick on it. It's still possession. I get it. The game happens fast. The, the, you know, the refs can't, they can't do everything. They're bound to miss some calls, but that one is just, it's, it's clean as day. I, I don't understand why that was counted as interference. If there was any penalty that should have been called on the play, and I don't think it should have been, but if there was one penalty that should have been called, it would be closing your hand on the puck or holding the puck. That's the only reasonable penalty I could see called on that play. Regardless, Florida had the opportunity to tie it up and, you know, fell short. I guess we should just keep him on the power play the whole series. The uh, 
the other um, kind of controversial call that, that uh, Florida's a little pissy about would be the uh, the non-goalie interference on uh, the Kucherov goal, the uh, third-period Kucherov goal. It was a screen by uh, Sorelli, and uh, Bobrovsky was a little bit out of the paint. But uh, on the turn, when, when Sorelli went up in the air and turned, he kind of bumped his head a little bit, and the puck went in. And so Florida got a challenge, and they lost the challenge, which I don't think anybody was really in. in uh, most people were like, most of the commentators were saying that, yeah, it's, it's, I don't think it's going to be turned over. But they were pretty bitter about that. Yeah, like this, I that could have went either way. I could see the argument for goaltender interference, but my argument is, because we never get an explanation, so I'm just kind of trying to speculate, but my argument is the fact that Kucherov had already shot the puck when the contact to the head was made. So that puck was already in midair. It was already going in, and then the contact was made. So it would have been a goal if if Sorelli did not make any contact. He would not have been able to peek around Sorelli if, uh, if that head contact was not there. I'm not denying that there wasn't head contact, but Sorelli, he was in the white paint. He ended up going into the blue paint with, you know, half of a skate, but that's, you know, that, that you're kind of splitting hairs at that point if you're saying, oh, he was in the blue blue paint, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I disagree. That puck was going in regardless if there was head contact or not. So that's where I'm going to leave it. I don't, I, I think they got the call right on that one. That was one of those ones that was going to wind up standing anyways because it was just, they had already made the call. It's like baseball, you know, and, and once once the call's made, there has to be overwhelming evidence to overturn it, and there just wasn't enough. Uh, I would say exactly. that the other egregious missed call would be uh, Stamkos almost getting decapitated. That was pretty uh, pretty bad oh. that that didn't get called. Yeah, one I, was I that know, a high know. stick or was it a hit? Well, I think he was trying to get around Stamkos. He lifted his he lifted his hands up and got his stick over his head, but then his hands came down and like didn't clear Stamkos. And so it wound up with like the butt of his stick oh. damn near taking Stammer's head off. It was ugly. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. It was ugly. And they completely Almost like a headlock. You know, it would it have been a nothing play if if he'd have cleared him. Like if he'd have gotten up another inch, he would have gone completely over him and it wouldn't have mattered. But his hands came down and they came down right on his head. Like that couldn't have felt good at all. So, you know, yeah, that that one was kind of weird to just kind of let slide because it, it was kind of obvious. Like, you know, it's, you know, it took me a second to remember which play you're talking about, but um, it was kind of in the middle of the ice there. As and well. nobody like, was around, you know, behind the play or tucked in a corner. Like, I, I, I'm surprised that one went uncalled, but um, it was may, the center of the ice. The, it was them. like center ice and nobody was around. <laughs> Like they, it, it's almost as bad as how they how they completely missed that a puck went in the net, like went in the netting overhead. Oh. Like how they missed that one too. So you know, maybe that they should probably get some refs that have like LASIK done or something like that. I don't know, but how do you miss a puck going in the netting? <laughs> that one, that one also kind of pisses me off because you have four officials on the ice, and if any one of them saw that the puck hit the net, they can overrule three other refs or, you know, give their advice and say, I saw it hit the net. The play should have been blown dead. All four of them did not see it. I mean, I don't think many or any of the players, I think a couple of the lightning players saw it hit the netting. I don't think Vazzy did because it, it completely caught him by surprise. But all it took was one linesman or one official to say, I saw it hit the net. But no, I guess none of them did. So Cooper had to challenge it. Thank God we can. You know, this is actually kind of a newer rule because that would have really bit us in the ass there. Uh, you know, the, only, you know, circa five or six years ago, you wouldn't be able to challenge that or maybe even less, actually. So um, thank God for that rule. But it, it is kind of insane to me that not one of the four saw that it hit the netting. 
when me on my TV or on my computer saw that it did. Well, all in all, the important thing here is that the Lightning win 4-1 to one and uh, they go up one nothing in the series and they now have home ice advantage uh, going forward in the series. Um, it's not a series until you lose in your home arena, and you did. So um, tomorrow night, I believe it's also 7 o'clock, uh, we'll be playing game two, and you can fully expect the Panthers to go on the offensive right away. Um, somebody that I kind of miss uh, from our team that is kind of the pest on their team, I think, is Verhage. I'm looking at him to have a big game. That guy is just all over the place. He reminds me a lot of Coleman. Yeah, he's got – Ah, man, I, I'd say Verhage is arguably better than Coleman. He may not bring the same kind of intangibles that Coleman could, but – I knew from, I forget when he started playing NHL games with the Lightning. It took him a while to develop. He's like, honestly, he's like 26 or something, maybe even older, 27. Um, so he's not really a young kid anymore. But when he first started playing games with the Lightning, he was playing with Mitchell Stevens. Um, and I remember that they were both, uh, they both had a little bit of chemistry, but Verhage was obviously, he was the better player. And I thought, I thought they would have liked to keep him, especially considering the fact that he signed a, a cheap deal with Florida as well. Of course, I'm, you know, I'm not going to dwell on it too long. We got, uh, we got him one cup and then he won the second one once he went to Florida, but man, he's a hell of a player. I was, I was really upset that the lightning got rid of him. So um, I, I am cheering for him. He, he is a great player, and, you know, he left a lasting impact um, on me, at least. I, again, I, I always really liked him with the Lightning, so uh, best of luck to him. He's got 12 points. He's got six goals, six assists through six games. He's like That's incredible. Uh, he, he reminds me of um, – he actually reminds me of Marcia So because it's like another Marcia So situation. Yeah, yeah you don't that know, makes sense right there. You don't know what you got until it's gone, and now Marcia is a star just mm-hmm. for a, just for a terrible team. I'm actually surprised that I it, think that everybody Florida didn't protect him. Truthfully, I mean, you know, oh my God, Florida really screwed up that uh, Vegas draft. I mean, they they probably got the worst of it because they gave they gave Vegas Jonathan Marcia to take Riley Smith, who are still two of the few players who are on that Vegas team from that expansion year who are two of their arguably best players. So they they really got shafted there, but Vegas management just kind of hosed them. But with Jonathan Marchessault and, you know, kind of Carter Verhage, I think it was everybody kind of knows what he's going to be and how how he's going to play, but just doesn't feel like it. I, I have no idea. I don't know why the Lightning moved on. I think they just couldn't really get a deal done. They had their uh, sights set somewhere else, and again, you know, I, there's there's no room for to to look back in hindsight because again, it ended up working out. They won a a second cup without the guy, um, but again, it's like man, he he's an incredible player. I I just don't necessarily understand it. So good for Florida for finding a diamond in the rough. Yeah, I think he'll be with them for a little bit, and um, if you know if anything good is going to come from that team, it'll probably come from him. Let's see. Uh, wrap up the. Game one, some news and notes. Uh, Lightning played 11 forwards and seven defensemen last night, um, given that Braden Point was down. So we did get to see the return of Jan Ruda. Woo! 44, that's me! And Riley, Smith, or Riley Nash is up with the team, but he was a scratch last night. Um, but he is called up in case they need him. Uh, also, Eric Chernak, after selling out on a block, uh, went out for the game and did not come back. Um, I don't know what his status is. Do you know? I believe he will be playing game two. Point is still out, though. Yeah, point we'd expect. But Chernak, he's the man. All he does is block shots. I mean, all his injuries come from block shots just about. Yeah, he's a warrior. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's like, he's he's Drago. He's like, uh, you know, he's Dolph Lundgren. You know, everybody says... Brandon Hagel looks just like Braden Point, but I think he looks a lot more like Chernak. Um, I think he just looks like a mini Chernak. Maybe if you were to do like a little meld of Chernak and Point, because honestly, they just with the helmet on. If you if you were to put if you were to to have them not wear jerseys, and then put them backwards, you know, and look at the back, you might not be able to tell which one's which if they're wearing their helmets. 
That's what I think. Yeah, I, I think, think, I think Hegel's flow kind of gives it away. That's what I'm saying. They have the same flow. Like, their flow is identical. This is silly, but <laughs> I, I think their flow like, is in the, identical. In the actual face, in the actual face, I see a lot more churn act than I do point. They, uh, again, they, they both look rather similar, but everybody says point. I see I see more Chernak. I get where the point people are coming from, but again, I just see Chernak. That, but you know, that's just me. I agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter because uh, Nick Paul looks like Rowan Atkinson. That's all. That's that's the one that's locked up and in the bag. Nick Paul looks like Wayne Gretzky the way he's playing. Yeah, no, can't argue there. Uh, you got any uh, last little bits about uh, game one? I, I just hope they can channel some of that momentum in, in the team defense again. If they can bring some of that physicality back and just kind of stifle Florida like they did. I think I I barely saw any of Jonathan Huberdo. I, I get that he did have a, a good assist on that Duclair goal, but for most of the game I didn't see him. So I think that if the Lightning can kind of keep neutralizing their stars, even though they have stars all the way down to their fourth line, um, they, they'll be able to uh, win this series handedly, I, I would hope so. Uh, I, going into this series, I, I made a prediction. I, I picked Bolts in seven. I thought, and I still do think, that Florida, they're going to have an answer. This is not a team that they're, we're going to win 4-1, four-game straight. That is not going to happen. They're going to come out strong, and they're going to come out angry. So um, this was before last night. I, I said Bolts in seven, and I, I think I'm still going to stick with it. No Braden Point is definitely going to hurt, um, and with a relatively healthy Panthers team as well. So if they can play the same style of game and stifle the, the offensive weapons and limit the rush chances as well, I think the Lightning will be in good hands for game two. I'm going bolts in five. Bolts in five. You're bold. I'm going bolts in five. Right, that I feel, I trophy think, curse has got to kick in. I feel like, I feel like the Lightning have found what they were missing. Yes, the point, hmm. the, the point thing will hurt, which is why they will lose a game. Um, but I think, I think they're just in a in a very strong groove right now, and I think it's going to be really hard to break them out of it. Now let's go. Let's get way ahead of ourselves here. Uh, who do you have coming out of um, the range? The, the Rangers Canes. I got Carolina. I think the Rangers. They they fought hard against Pittsburgh, but they could they got taken to seven games by the one and only greatest chef on earth, Louis Domingue, third string goalie. If they can barely beat Louis Domingue. I mean, Carolina, they make every single goaltender they touch turn to gold. So whether it be Antti Ranta or uh, Peter Kochetkov or if even Freddie Anderson can make a comeback, I I, I think, uh, you, you know me, since we've started this podcast, I've been a big Carolina fan this year. I think they've got one of the most complete teams in the league. I think that they're going to uh, beat the Rangers handedly. I, I got uh, Carolina in five. Yeah, they're playing as we speak, but I completely forgot to change the channel so I could have that on while we were talking. So I have no idea what the score is right now, but they just started like 20 minutes in. It's probably 0-0. Zero, zero. Yeah, I mean... Well, uh, it's a TNT broadcast, so they probably haven't started yet. The, Actually, no, they've been starting on time. The uh, People tend to forget that the whole reason that um, the uh, David Ayers thing was able to happen, it, it, not, not because he had some kind of uh, magical night where he just turned into this absolutely fantastic goalie which you know was kind of the case but not really but it had more to do with the fact that Carolina just played absolute ridiculous defense in front of them so nothing could really get to them you know yeah like everybody talks about the New York Islanders especially last year how they're just a defense 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 team and you know I agree even though even though the Lightning did figure out Carolina you know, beating them in five games last year. It seemed like a rather easy series, but most of those games were one-goal games and low-scoring games. I believe uh, two of the games were like two to one or uh, like three to – not even three to two. There was one game that was like five to four or six to five, something crazy. But if you if you can solve them, again, they've got great, great team defense and just defense in general. And, again, they can make any goalie look stellar. Uh, especially Freddie Anderson, who is a stellar goalie, and Antti Ranta, who is a stellar goalie. Uh, I just think that they make them look better with the, the structure style that they do play. 
Who do you got coming out of the West? I think the Rangers are a little too loosey-goosey, go with the flow. Who do you got coming out of the West? It's going to be a tall task to get Colorado off of their game. I'm, I don't watch enough Avalanche games. You know, I, I, I like and respect the team, and it's only a matter of time till they can get it out of the second round. I, I see them beating the Blues. The Blues are an underratedly good team to me. I know a lot of people are finally kind of respecting the Blues. You know, they've got a great, great offensive team scoring on every single line. Like, they, I think they had, like, 10, 20 goal scorers this year. Like, something crazy. Maybe not 10, but, like, an insane amount of people with over 20 and 30 goals. They they had complete depth, but Colorado, they, they, they might get in their groove and just steamroll them. So I've got... I've got, for the Western Conference Finals, I've got Calgary and Colorado, the two Cs. It would be pretty interesting to have a Colorado or have a uh, Calgary-Tampa Bay uh, Cup again. That's my prediction. That, that's that been my prediction for a while now as, uh, as a rematch of 04 and uh, ending the same way. It would also be weird if, if, if we had happened to lose and Carolina went on to win the Cup for them to follow the lightning yet again, because they, ah. they did that, you know, they were, the, they were the next team to win the cup after the lightning did in 04. Now you it was a, correct. it was a year removed because there was a, uh, a lockout. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't, but a year, a year later, but they were the next team to do it. And that was, um, the, they're the, following the 2020 win. The, uh, Brenda Moore, Brenda Moore was on that team, wasn't he? And, uh, Yes. In 04 or in 06 when they won it? Yes. Yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of interesting storylines going on. It's, it's you know, the 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 beginning of the playoffs was kind of kind of boring a little bit, but I think they're I think they're catching catching on now. Like I think all the games are catching on now. It's getting more exciting. Yeah, you know, you've got two uh provincial battles, the Battle of Alberta and the Battle of Florida like that's what everybody has been asking for. Battle of Alberta, that's going to be one to uh, to watch. But I think Calgary's going to win that rather handedly. Uh, I think Calgary's got too good of a team. They they faced a brick wall and Jake Ottinger. Uh, I'm I'm willing to bet you've heard of him. Maybe never. Jake Ottinger. He played a few games in the uh, in the 2020 series. Oh, you yes, you are right. He he came in in relief, but. Um, he wasn't great in those games, but he the, these playoffs were really his coming out party. I think he, I think he's got the best save percentage of any uh, goalie uh, these playoffs so far, and he was just an absolute brick wall. He's the only reason Dallas made it to seven games. I think it was the lowest scoring series. I think the score out of seven games was thirteen goals for Dallas and fourteen goals for the Flames. Out of seven games, that's how low scoring it was. Uh, but Jake Ottinger, I mean, he was fantastic. All right, well, that is uh, your news from the other series. As for our series, game two is tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, and then you get a Friday night off and a Saturday night off, and then you get ready for back-to-backs uh, Sunday afternoon at one thirty, followed by a Monday night 7 o'clock game, and that is due to a concert at Amelie Arena by somebody named Kane Brown, who I have no idea who he is. I'm assuming he's country. Uh, either way, I, yep. would, I would imagine I probably don't like him. So it doesn't really matter. Uh, are you, I'm not are you a fan? fan. No? No. I'm going to guess he probably has at least one song about a pickup truck. Or it, what's the over-under <laughs> on beer? number of songs on a, uh, about a pickup truck <laughs> in, in a, a dirt road? <laughs> I don't know. He he's like he's he's new country, you know. Like that's the worst kind. That's literally is, that's literally like, the worst kind of country. It's Nashville pop. It's not even country. It's Nashville pop. Yes, Nashville pop. Um, I I couldn't pick out a song for you. I, like I know his face. I know who he is. I just know that uh, he's if not I'm the moron that sings Spotify, about Applebee's, I, is he? What the hell is that? The song about like Applebee's on a late night. It's like the worst song in the world. I hate the song so Ain't much. A little bit of chicken fry. No, that's my second least favorite song in the world. I hate <laughs> that song with a passion, Friday dude. Night. Dude, I'm like this. <laughs> hey, folks, this is the thank you, Dylan. This is the last podcast we're ever gonna do because he keeps sing, <laughs> he 
he keeps singing Zach Brown, and I hate that song so much. So, I know. Anyways, well, that, we, I mean that that's the uh, that's the Applebee's song to me that I know of. <laughs> now there's a song that actually has like Applebee's in the lyrics. It sings like a commercial. I only know it because it was in a commercial, and I was like, this can't be real. And it turns God. out it was real. And so we, we live in a really awful timeline. So I had to douse myself in uh, two hours of Ramones. Anyway, yeah, I, I couldn't hardly. I I can't listen to any like new country. I'm I'm big on uh, outlaw country and old uh, like Hank Williams, David Allen Coe, Waylon. Yes, the Highwaymen for sure. Yes. Well, if you want to call and give us uh, the kind of music that you like, you can do that at seven two seven four one six zero six one three, like Dylan did. Thank you again, Dylan, for the questions. We appreciate it. We got to initiate and uh, uh, our uh, what happens when you. Uh, get a get a, get a voicemail. We got to break out that checklist. Uh, you can uh, email us at thelightningrod1 at protonmail.com. That's the number one. And uh, you can uh, find us on Twitter at lightningrodpod. We will uh, indeed catch you hopefully next Monday, uh, if not a day or two after that. Um, for Gannon, I am Johnny Pipes. See ya. See ya. kiss your dog and make love to your sister.